hello. Uh, episode two. Sorry, it's been such a long time. Um, it does feel like a long time ago, it does, doesn't it, yeah. times that we did the last one of these. I think I was wearing shorts the last time. <laughs> and um, it was sunny. And I think we'd only had about three or four games um, yeah. at that point. Uh, so apologies. It's been uh, a long time to get another episode out. Um, today we're joined by, introduce yourself, mate. Jordan Clark, Director of Football. Thanks, Jordan. And I've got Toby with me again. Um, so before we get into... Um, some of the questions that we've been asked of Jordan and things like that. We just wanted to run over some of the games. So we've got the written down here. Obviously, the last, I think before the last game that we had was Oldham away. Yep. Uh, which obviously was quite a long time ago. And then since then, we've obviously played uh, Oldham where we got a nil-nil. And probably unlucky that we didn't win. Very unlucky. Um, won against Halifax. Um, beat Wildstone here. Uh, went to Hartlepool and won. Mm. Ipswich away and won as well. Uh, all the shot beat here, um, and obviously Saturday um, the defeat against um, yeah. Dagenham and Redbridge. Um, also the Rochdale defeat here, which was very unlucky, very, having very. Um, conceded two goals in the last minute. Uh, the FA Cup, which we just want to forget. We don't really talk about that too much. Uh, Barnet, obviously the game that we were two 0 up in. Yeah. Uh, and lost 3-2 which was on the telly uh, the Kidderminster game here which was pretty disappointing but I think Kidderminster um, probably fully deserved that yeah. uh, probably in a false position in the league and then the other game that sticks out was Bromley away wasn't it recently um, where we were unlucky again again um, and I think after um, that Bromley game obviously getting the three points here against Aldershot was massive uh, but unfortunately you couldn't back that up and I think I was thinking about this today, actually. One of the most disappointing things I think that Mark and the management team will be not concerned with, but disappointed with, is the consistency yeah. and putting back-to-back results together. Um, but then I guess it's difficult when the lineup is inconsistent crisis, all the time, like... isn't it? You know, um, somebody said to me on Saturday that was watching, that was standing near me and asked me how Dan Pipers was getting on. And I said that he's played really well since he's come in. Obviously, he's been permanent fixture in there, but it's difficult for him because he's lining up with um, perhaps two or three players around him that are different every week yeah. because of the injuries. So whereas he's been ever-present, there's been different people either side of him um, due to injuries and suspensions and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like so. those injuries and the suspensions, like, I don't think since Chesterfield we've been able to field our strongest team, yeah. I feel. Yeah. But... You know, um, it's just the injury luck, isn't it? And it's and, and that's the most disappointing thing, isn't it? Because it's inconsistent mm. trying to get the best eleven on the pitch at any one time. And I think once everybody is fit and back, uh, there's a squad at the club here that's more than capable of challenging for those playoff places. Definitely. Um, it's just getting them all fit, getting them out on the pitch at the same time, isn't it? Mm. Um, it's a, a team, a strong team that are in their tracksuits pretty much every Saturday sitting mm. up here at the stand. Um, so we go to Gateshead this weekend. Are you going to go? Definitely. I good, go. good, excellent. Yeah, I'm going to go as well. Hopefully by the time this comes out, um, people will be able to listen to this en route uh, past some other time for that I definitely long journey. <laughs> um, and uh, also Jordan. So thanks for coming on here, Jordan. No problem, James. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're welcome. So what is your day-to-day role here at the football club then, Jordan? Car. Um... So yes, it's changed over the last sort of um, I've been in eight years now. Yeah. So obviously, as the clubs progress, my role's been ever changing. But my original role was to come in and set the academy up. Mm-hmm. So back in 2016, I came in as a um, sort of academy manager, 
and then obviously the, at the time when I come in, the club was only really a first team, and we had like a joint under 18s um, with like Dorking, and we had like a reserve side. Um, but yeah, there was nothing really below that. Like yep. the youth section was in, in its infancy, if at all, at that stage. And then we had like a few youth teams that were playing. So yeah, so since um, 2016, it's, it's grown. And then probably in the last sort of four or five years, I've, I've sort of grown into the director of football role as the, the club's grown on, on the pitch on a youth side. And obviously as it's grown on the pitch as a, as a first team club as well. Like, as we've gone through the leagues, it's sort of, we've taken on more teams. We've taken on a bigger sort of focus on our youth development and our um, club structure. So, yeah, it's been ever grand. But yeah, day to day, I look after everything sort of below the the first team. Yeah. So from the B team uh, down to the Mini Wanderers, mm-hmm. um, which is um, where our under three start. Um, so yeah, everything from that is sort of my remit. So okay. I sort of govern that, oversee yeah. that. So yeah, that's um, in a nutshell what I'd say yeah. I do. Yeah. So are you out on the training pitch most of the time or is it a mixture of doing that? Yeah, well, it's like, it's really, so the, the, the structure of the week, so obviously the academy's full time. Yeah. So you've got the, the education part, mm-hmm. um, which I've got a strong background in, so I look after that. And then we've got the, obviously the football pathway. So that's the day-to-day with the academy boys, the sort of 16 to 19-year-olds. Yeah. And then so obviously, what, what, the, then, Jordan, what sort of education is that that those lads are getting at that level? Then, yeah. So when we um, when we started in 2016, it was just a, a, a study program. Okay. So so it's like a level three BTEC. Yeah. Um, and since so we did that for about four years, mm-hmm. um, got that to a really sort of established place, and I'm sure we'll come on to to, to sort of where we are with that. But that we got that to an established place, and then we've now started to add in other things. So okay. like with Ashcom, yeah. So now partnered with Ashcom School, yeah. so we offer sort of 25 A levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're partnered with Donota, which is a private school out of Rygate, so yeah. we offer private tuition as well. And then we've got our, which started this year, so we've got a GCSE pathway as well okay. at, the, at the Carrington School. Wow. So our sort of full-time pathway now extends from the age of sort of 14, year 10, mm-hmm. going up to sort of 19 years of age. So they're all full-time players that are okay. within the programme. Yeah. Uh, and they all do different education. So obviously the Carrington learners will be doing their GCSEs. Yeah. Um, and the football sort of complements that. Mm-hmm. And then when they get to the post-16 stage, they're all doing sort of a level three program. So whether that be three A-levels um, sort of in a normal college format yeah. Yeah. or they do it in a BTEC mm-hmm. um, or they do it through private tuition at, at uh, Donata. Okay, wow. So do they have to go to those locations to do that then? Yeah, so the, the study program, so with Virtual Learning UK, okay. is um, in-house. Right. So they are, so basically they run satellite sites across yeah. the UK. So they do around about 80 different clubs and that's not just football clubs, rugby clubs, they do dance and, yeah. and, the, and the performing arts as well. So um, that is based at the ground and we've got a, a classroom facility at the Priory School. Oh, okay. Um, and then the Ashcom learners do their education out of Ashcom. Mm-hmm. The Donata learners do their education out of Donata and the Carrington learners do their education and their football out of Carrington yeah. because Carrington have a free G uh, facility oh, okay. there as well. They've got yeah. decent... Um, facility, so we keep that all in house rather than ferrying them down here okay. for training and stuff. Yeah. But the rest of them, so Donata, their, their timetable allows them to make their own way here, mm-hmm. or we run a mini bus to and from. 
And then the Ashcombe learners, it's a seven-minute walk. So yeah. they walk seven minutes to get here for training. The timetable allows them to do that. Mm-hmm. They're still late, as you can imagine. <laughs> but no, yeah, we have... Um, and then obviously the in-house learners, they they come down from Priory or yeah. sometimes the training's first thing in the morning. So it's all fit around their timetable. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Do you see some of those lads at yeah, going around Ashcombe? Yeah, yeah. it's definitely not a seven-minute walk. It must be very, very slow. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say anything. <laughs> so, um, so you full time at the club then? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And you have? How does that feel today? That you have people around that can that assist you, or do the each individual age groups have like sort of secretaries or management? How does that sort of thing cascade down? Yeah. So to break it down, so in terms of full time staff, mm-hmm. so we've got um, Josh Gallagher. Um, Ben Dyson, Dan Stobart. So Josh and Ben are sort of my professional development phase leads. So they look after the, the sort of coaching and management um, of a couple of our teams. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got Dan Stobart, who's our academy secretary and also part of the media team here. Yeah. Um, he looks after all our social media, all our sort of behind the scenes stuff. I call yeah. him my man in the chair. Yeah. Because yeah. without him, the operation would fall down massively. He's massive. Really. Yeah, he, massive. Does it all. he does and it he all. He doesn't drive brilliant. either, so he just gets trained. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The man, the man's very fit. Yeah, the way you the way he walks about everywhere, and the way he gets about, he's a very fit guy. But no, yeah, Dan's exceptional. He's been ex- absolutely exceptional for me. Dan, this is his second year with me. Yeah, and he's revolutionised what we do. Uh, and then I've got Sam Cave, who's full time with me, who looks after um, one of our teams as well. He's our professional development phase assistant. James Dixon, yeah. who was a first team player here and yeah. obviously a youth team player as well, came through the system. He's now our performance analyst. One of your players at Radio, isn't he now? Yeah, no, he's at Range Park. Oh, he's so he's with Josh. Oh, yeah. He's with Josh at Range Park. So, yeah. Somebody yeah, 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 yeah. We keep it all in house here. Uh, and then we've got George Broad, who's uh, like an apprentice coach with okay. us, who came through the program and um, he uh, wants to kick on his coaching. So he helps and assists us out. He looks after some of our strength and conditioning stuff. That's what he wants to major in. So yeah. we give him that. And then we've got. Um, sort of below that sort of full-time element we've got a lot of part-time staff okay. so we've got like uh, Ricardo who helps out with our girls team yeah. he's part-time we've then got you know in terms of all the youth teams you know it's you know like most clubs you've got a lot of volunteers yeah. um, a lot of sort of dads who get involved yeah. um, and that's brilliant because without that you know no player was created in the professional game yeah. so you know it's always grassroots where they come from yeah. uh, and we want to make sure that we have the most professional grassroots programme that we can have yeah. so within that you've then got coaches so we allocate coaches to each team depending on the level of the team okay. so you know depending on where they are in their development yeah. we'll give them a B licence coach a level 2 coach uh, or yeah. UEFA C now or yeah. you know a, a level 1 coach yeah. um, and they're, they're made up of sort of from our under sevens when they proper start playing fixtures they're not yeah. competitive but yeah. they play fixtures yeah. so that's made up from sevens through to sixteens um, and we've got 24 youth teams um, plus around about I think it's around about eight elite teams yeah. um, from Richard King's side of things um, and then we've got obviously the mini wanderers which we have around about 60 yeah. under three under four under five under six that turn up every Saturday morning yeah and their, and their development's run by Richard Weber. He, um, he's an expert when it comes to youth football. Yeah, he, he does some um, Josh Evans, yeah. Uh, daughter's school. Yeah, uh, he's excellent. Best, he's yeah. really, that's, that's his, yeah. you know, Richard's an excellent coach, but he's um, he's done that sort of 
that remit, that age group for such yeah. a long time. Yeah. And he um, he's doing an excellent job. So the Mini Wanderers for us has been going sort of two, three years. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where we create our youth teams from. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea is over the next sort of four or five years, we'll have direct teams from our Mini Wanderers program coming in as under sevens. So when they get too old for six, and then they start coming up through the age groups. Yeah. So within the next sort of 10 years, my dream is to have someone who did Mini Wanderers come into the academy and make their first team debut. Yeah. That's that's the that's that would be a massive tip box for yeah, me. Because then it shows the pathway. It's I have had this conversation a few times with people how and like obviously you're from Dawkins Toby and I'm from yeah. Dawkins as well, slightly different ages, but nothing <laughs> Not like much. this was ever around when, when I was growing up around Dawkins. You didn't mm. played for the school team, played uh in sort of park teams and stuff like that and that was it you know and these kind of academies were just linked to professional football clubs mm. rather than those non-league clubs yeah, like yeah. now um, do the academies get like graded as well based on certain things so yeah so it used to be so you know this has been going eight years I've been involved in these academies as I was a player so when I was 16 yeah. I did one of these programs okay. so that was my when I was uh, coming out of school. Mm-hmm. So they've been going, yeah, roughly around about 15 years, probably, but maybe a little bit longer than that, yeah. probably just before my time. And the remit was, it was basically clubs who wanted to partner with education providers and offer a football pathway yeah. of some some kind. Now, over the last sort of, 10, 15 years, it's, the governance of it's got better, mm-hmm. both on an education front and on a football front. Yeah. So like for us, we want to be the best we possibly can. So two years ago, we achieved National Academy licence. Right. So we are now a licensed National League Academy. Yeah. And the reason they're doing these things is because, you know, as you know from the first team level, when we go up, when, if, yeah. you know, I'm sure yeah. it's when yeah. for this club, when we go up, um, the club, it's, it's not just about the first team. Yeah. You need to be in a place to be able to have a, a, a cap-free academy. Mm-hmm. So the National League Academy licence, we had to jump through a few hoops, okay. you know, and, and make sure we had the right infrastructure in place. Yeah. And that's to basically bridge that gap. Yeah. So from going from a National League club to the Football League, mm-hmm. we're already near enough there. Okay. So it's not much in it between us and a cap-free academy. Yeah. Obviously, there will be some facilities elements and other clubs will have different training grounds and things like that. But in terms of staffing, like we've got physiotherapists, yeah. you know, all these things we had to put in place. We had to put together a football curriculum. Mm-hmm. So, you know, anyone who thinks the academy is just turning up and playing football in a recreational manner yeah. um, is not the case. It's um, There's a designated football curriculum and we based our, ours around the Dorking Wanderers DNA so we have you know not to give too much away to any opposition that watch this but we have um, obviously March remit in terms of like player profiles and yeah. formations and you know yeah, Ross and yeah, that yeah Ross yeah. yeah so Ross is, is Ross that kind us. of part of what you sort of try to embed in these teams yeah yeah so, so is it free reign but not as much as free reign as actually this is how this is how Wanderers are as a club mm. so this is how we want our younger teams to play or academy or B teams playing a similar sort of 100% match. so like we have a we have a sort of a uh, philosophy yeah. I don't really like using these sort of generic words yeah. but we have a we have sort of a, a pattern a shape yeah. an idea of how yeah. we want things to yeah. be done yeah. um, but ultimately you know as, as Mark knows and, and any manager will know square pegs round holes all yeah. that type of stuff but yeah. if we if a team can play in a way that we want at the younger age groups obviously where it's 5v5 7v7 9v9 yeah. it's more about the profiling yeah. of the players yeah. so it's more about 
you know, if they were going to play as a as a left winger as such, what does yeah. that look like? What yeah. technique do they need to develop? What are the attributes that we want to work on? When it gets to like the eleven v eleven game, then yeah, we want to sign and implement yeah. the sort of three five twos, the yeah. the patterns and shapes that we do, and we sort of outline that, but we give autonomy to the coaches and managers around their players okay. because obviously they'll be at different stages of development yeah. um, they might not have the players they need to be able to do that yeah. obviously they're playing against opposition that they might need to play in a different way so there is autonomy yeah. but ultimately you know we've got a lot better at it over the last sort of three four years With yeah. as you can see with players coming in the likes of like Don Plank yeah. Matt Hay Jack yeah. Saunders the players that have come in over the last sort of two three years they they understand the, the systems yeah. Um they understand their role within that system because it's drummed into them, especially yeah. when they get to this level. Yeah. So our factory setting is the the Dawkins Wanderers way, the three yeah. five two. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, at this stage you've got that. And when I say this stage, when I'm talking about the academy learners under nineteen B team, we're trying to bridge that gap from them understanding, obviously, development, but the importance of winning games. Yeah. That's the. That's that real sort of grey area in development. And I think we're getting that right. And I think the, the pathway allows us to do that with the, the B team playing in a first team league. Men's yeah. I think it allows us to do that. The environments, you know, it, it sort of um, engages with that. Yeah. But the, um, yeah, to answer the, the question, it's basically we have a, an outline and we make sure everyone is aware of it and yeah. they fully understand it and yeah. they implement it as best possible. And you all buy into that as well. All buy into it. It's a non-negotiable, really. It's one of them. It's... Um, yeah. Autonomy is there, but it's a non-negotiable that they understand it. Yeah. And we have CPD events with the managers. Okay, you know we we sort of send out you know dockets of, of what is expected. And yeah. but yeah, we do give it like anyone should. Managers should have their own autonomy to make their yeah. own decisions. But it's important that they all understand what we're doing. Yeah, what's your relationship like with Mark then in that respect? Pretty good. Yeah. So look, Mark's. Um, and this isn't just blowing smoke where smoke's not deserved. Mark's been fantastic with me in my development. You know. Yeah. He trusted me at 24 years of age to him and Chris Lee massively trusted me to come in and run and set up this academy with very little knowledge and understanding other than hard work and dedication and and sort of a um, a hunger. Yeah. I had a real hunger and I, st- I still believe I've got it now, but mm-hmm. I had a real hunger to succeed and, yeah. and I sort of matched the club's ambition at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember my first game watching Wanderers was playoff um, semi-final, playoff final or semi-final, I can't remember now, Faversham at okay, West Humble. Semi-final yeah. at West Humble. Yeah. Um, yeah. My missus, my, my two-be missus, we're getting married, She's uh, so I'll make sure she listens to that. She is that. Um, <laughs> Um, was pregnant at the time and my we came down and came down with the mother-in-law as well and I remember sitting there at that stage I remember talking to Mark and Chris about the the plans and it was um, like we want to be football league yeah. like we want to be as high as we possibly yeah. can yeah. and that really matched my ambition in terms of where I wanted to take my own career <laughs> and the journey is you know even sitting here now trying to take stock of it a little bit it's been amazing yeah. it's been really amazing and yeah. obviously you get like everyone at the club fans yeah. you know all the guys behind the scenes it, it sort of you sort of get you ride the wave mm. and sometimes it's really good for everyone to take stock of where we're at like Mark's been saying it a lot in his post-match interviews yeah. Yeah. and it's really important that we realise where we've come from and where we are and how, what a success that's been yeah. so yeah so my relationship with Mark he's been brilliant um, he's been so supportive of my own personal development um, I'm sure we'll come on to that but yeah he's um, 
he's he's got a plan for me. We've got a I've got a plan for myself and a plan yeah. for the academy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I can't fault him. Uh, hard man to please. <laughs> but I think I've done all right. Yeah. Over eight years, I've yeah. done all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then, in terms of your personal development and management, then let's cross over into that. So, how do you manage what you're doing here with also being the manager of Red Hill? So yeah, it was um, so obviously I, I wanted to make um, steps in management. So like, I since, you wouldn't necessarily have to do that, would you? No, just do this and then just spend your evenings and weekends yeah. scouting, watching matches, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, I hope my missus don't listen to this. She might think <laughs> I could have a bit more time at home because you're right. But uh, like my, I have no qualms in saying it. My my plan for my own journey is I want to be a manager at the highest possible level I can and. No matter what you do in life, like you've got to cut your teeth, you've got to um, learn the trade. And, you know, I've, I did, uh, obviously, I've been doing the academy eight years and I've done under 18, under 19 football yeah. for a long period of time. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not an expert, but I'll say I've sort of, you know, that craft is one that I've got with me and that tool yeah. is something that sits with me with young players. And then um, I did the B team. So yeah. I did the B team for, in total, I did it for about four seasons, mm-hmm. but three really with COVID yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, and I was really successful, like in my own sort of journey, sort of yeah. the progress we made when I came in with, you know, first season finished ninth. COVID season, we were, you know, in a good position. Um, and then we um, we finished third in my last season with the, the highest points total that we've ever got. And, you know, probably, you know, with, with a couple of things gone our way, we could have been up there and, and hopefully won it. But, but yeah, I, I sort of took a young group of players through sort of the academy and into that. And then it was time for me to look to sort of craft, like sort of take my craft somewhere else and, yeah. and look to progress that. And Mark understood my hunger to be a manager. He understood that. Yeah. Um, and he was really supportive of that. So obviously when I asked him, because um, I, you know, I always run things by him, I always yeah. get his opinion yeah. on things. Because yeah. to do what he's done, I, yeah. you know, I believe that <laughs> he won't steer me wrong. So, you know, I went to Allfold first yeah. and he gave me the green light to do that. I'd yeah. been out of managing like senior level, like the B team yeah. level. Yeah for about six months um, that came up as an opportunity really enjoyed that opportunity yes. really enjoyed that and then obviously the radio opportunity came up uh, obviously a, a club with a bit of stature been a step forward club before so yeah it was just it's really about like I, I have no qualms that I'm not going to get to this level without working hard Yeah. and I feel like it, it complements what I do here it complements yeah. it you know it gives me a an escape as well I know it's the same thing I know it's football but it gives me something to focus on elsewhere try different things out sort of try and make myself my own sort of way of working okay. around around what I do work with different people yeah. different players you know manage things like uh, a different chairman mm-hmm. manage things like a you know, playing budget yeah. the different things like that I wouldn't get exposure to just yeah. working in youth football yeah. uh, and, then and also from, you had the obviously the, the B team had that they couldn't go up could yeah they? of course you've always got that in the back of your head yeah of course yeah so like winning football matches is obviously your aim but you know that at the end of the season your lad's going to be can't go anywhere totally yeah it was um, yeah and, and I'm not saying I completed it because obviously winning leagues and that that means that you've done you know, yeah. you've done well like, yeah. but I, I felt like it was the right time for yeah. me to to sort of challenge myself with something different and then yeah like when the Red Hill thing came up I rung Mark immediately and Mark was very supportive he said yeah look go for it and you know 
go and enjoy it and yeah. make the best out of it and you know be true to yourself and you know he was he was great with me so yeah the radio the radio bit is just a part of my own personal development and I'm yeah. learning so much on the job yeah. um, that is helping me in my day job as well because it's all football yeah. so it's all helping and supporting yeah. and I guess obviously you've got you're in a division where there's a lot of teams with that sort of stature as well isn't there obviously Saturday you were meant to play two in the Mitchum we've been mm. a non-league team for a lot of you know everybody around South East knows of two in the Mitchum yeah, clubs yeah, yeah. like that so you've got that kind of you're playing against those sort of teams now aren't you in that that level um, but obviously tomorrow night Jordan you're playing against the Wanderers <laughs> aren't you in the, in the Surrey Senior Cup so how do you feel going into that then because David London did ask that which I know we spoke about so you find that's got a conflict, conflict of interest for you with the Surrey Cup game against Auckland yeah it's definitely I mean, rigged you must have had a it's bit definitely like. rigged yeah yeah I'm not having it I'm definitely... well no one sees these Surrey draws do yeah, they yeah. just publish them and you're yeah. like you come to I'm that sure thing? yeah I'm sure they put, put two and two together and thought that would be interesting um, great, good crowd for a Surrey Cup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we um, obviously like you know, our, my job at Radio is to win football matches. Yeah. Uh, my job is to de- develop players and win football matches. So tomorrow, I'm seeing it as a massive win-win. Like, um, obviously, if we were playing Mark's team, like yeah. the first team, yeah. Um, I'd have taken massive pride in that, like to to think of sharing a dugout with Mark, and yeah. you know that that would have been amazing. Um, just an experience to do that. Um, but obviously, I totally get it, like with their current injury situation, and and um, obviously the focus being on league games and stuff like. That, I totally get it. So you know, playing the B team tomorrow, it's like I'm gonna have two hats on. I'm gonna be like a proud dad yeah. watching, <laughs> like like I was on Thursday watching them in the FA Youth Cup. Mm-hmm. You know, watching them come up against you know players that I I think are senior and so yeah, it'd be really good. Like obviously, yeah. we've got a really good system of getting players out and loan. Like yeah. obviously, we have got Jack with us yeah. uh, at Red Hill, so that relationship's worked out well. Mm-hmm. You know, as you'll know, I sent Matt Hayes to Oxford, yeah. and we've sent a number of players out yeah. over the years, and um, so it's just it'll be good for me to see where these stack up against. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we are probably a competent Step Five team. Yeah. I won't say any more than that. I say that we're competent. So it'll be good to see where these 16, 17, 18 year olds um, stack up against them in their development. Yeah. And um, yeah, it'll be a really enjoyable night. So any fans coming down, it'll be a really enjoyable night yeah. to, to see the next crop of players. And this crop of players that Ruben's working with, you know, I have no shame in saying they're, they're the best crop we've ever had. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're doing things that noticeably on the pitch. Yeah. Um, that sort of back that up uh, at this moment and along may it continue. So they're, um, you know, they're competing in the league with um, some excellent teams like some Roffey who, yeah. who are winning every week yeah. as well. And then obviously FA Youth Cup experts, uh, they've matched our best ever run. Yeah. So, you know, we, we got to Colchester when myself, Josh and Jake Gallagher were doing it. Um, we played Colchester uh, in round two down here and now they've matched that. So they've got Cheltenham yeah. away on, yeah. the, on the 21st of November. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they're really, you know, pulling up trees in their own right. So it'll yeah. be really good. It'll be a good game. It'll be a really yeah. class game. Uh, and I encourage anyone to, to, if they do get along, if this goes out in time or if they did come along, I'm sure they would have experienced a great game. I think you lost that very well, mate. <laughs> I've been practicing it. I've been practicing it. You saw yeah. the question, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Put it out yeah, there, so cheers, David London. Yeah, cheers. Yeah. Uh, Toby, what else have we got here then? We've, so, what's this? Do you want to put uh, this one on? Yeah, so, Jordan? Rob Harrison, who's like a regular listener from the States, um, he asked, what role does a youth academy play in the overall health of a football club? Oh, 
good question. So, um, what the academy has brought is brought, you know, a completely different dynamic to the community. Yeah. So, you know, we're we're not as much as obviously we're Dorking Wanderers Football Academy. Yeah. You know, we're producing people alongside our education providers that are going into industries that don't even, you know, work alongside football. So, mm. you know, we've had people leave us and go on to be lawyers and yeah. go on to be different things. So, the 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 academy, so the, the sort of full time element of it, yeah. is there because what I, what I want us to do is create good members of society. Right. And what I love to have is, you know, the fact that Dorking Wanderers have played their part in that. Yeah. So the football side of things is to teach them disciplines that they might not get just from being in college. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the obviously the cliche ones like organisation, timekeeping, you know, yeah. you know communication yeah. skills, teamwork. Yeah. Um, so what the football programme allows them to do is sort of learn these skills in a in a in a, an environment that they subsequently are either good at or enjoy or want to be a part of so what it brings is it brings firstly it brings a, a strand that allows us to impact people in different ways mm. rather than just that sort of match day experience so impacting the community so that we do things alongside Ollie Gout with schools and yeah. we do a lot of coaching and we teach a lot of like life skills so first and foremost impacting people next bit it does it obviously the subsidiary benefits to having, I think we've got 350 youth players. If we include the whole academy, I think we're around about 650, 700. Right. So the subsidiary benefits to the football club are, you know, sponsorship. You know, we've had people come in and sponsor us who, who are part of these youth sections and academy. So there's some financial elements. And then, like, you know, the crowds, mm-hmm. you know, it's no shock to me that sort of in conjunction with the progress of the first team, the progress of the academy and the amount of eyes that are on us and the amount of sort of impact that we're having in the community, that those crowds have gone up, well, what's that, 10 times, 20 times, well, you know, 100 times. 250 people here last week, wasn't there, for the FA Cup? Oh, yeah, yeah, so Thursday night, yeah, there was there yeah, 250 people, you know, that would have been an unreal attendance for Dorking yeah. back when I first started. Yeah. That would have been an unbelievable attendance yeah. for the first team. Yeah. So, you know, to be getting that an under 18 youth game just just shows the yeah so to, to go back to the question is I think it's there's a load of subsidiary benefits to it the main one is impacting people because you know the stats are there one thing we never promise anyone who's at any journey on our pathway is that they were going to become a professional footballer yeah. that's something we can never guarantee yeah. obviously they have that in their hands they'll get a, a development structure that will allow them to grow and fulfil their their own sort of targets but the main thing we want to do is impact them so they become better members of society they go into industries that allow them to have a future and, and, and be progressive so yeah so for me it's about community there are subsidiary benefits like financials and yeah. and obviously the crowds you know you come here on a Saturday our game was off Saturday so as always I'm here if our game's off and um, to see you know so many young players who from our youth section managers coaches parents who are all buying into the club you know it's fantastic he also um, with the growth of the academy what have been some of the biggest challenges God, it's been loads. Um, no, but all good ones. So, like, yeah. uh, uh, providing, um, you know, facilities. Yeah. That's probably one, you know, so just on the youth side of things, the youth used to be a sort of separate entity. Yeah. So the youth club used to be, like, um, just a, like a partner, like a partner strand to yeah. Dorking Wanderers. Yeah. In 2020, we... Myself, Jason Booker, Paul Whitlock, Chris, Mark decided to bring it 
all under the same banner. So, yeah, yeah so that um, allowed us to sort of streamline our our pathway. So it allowed us to streamline our pathway so that we were able to have, you know, a sort of better infrastructure um, yeah. to, to the to the sort of academy. Uh, what was the question again? So one of the biggest um, challenges. Yeah. And, and, yeah, the biggest challenges. Yeah, so like with that, you know, that was my point is we have... You know, obviously, Medibank, everyone knows yeah. the situation. Yeah. is, you know, Surrey FA, Mole Valley owned, Surrey FA operating, yeah. sublease. Yeah. So for us, it's about offering the best possible facilities we can. That's a big one. Yeah. That's a big yeah. challenge. And the club are working so hard on yeah. trying to sort of rectify that. You know, we've got some great partner facilities like North Downs. We're yeah. using the, the old um, first team ground, West Stumble, yeah. Yeah. using Aviva. Um, so, that, yeah, definitely providing facilities. That's a big one. Um, St John's has been an excellent partner partner of ours yep. uh, in terms of using their 3G facilities they've got there but yep. definitely facilities um, our growth has probably forced us to be probably you know we're, we're probably as big as we can get okay. yeah probably as big as we yep. can get yep. um, obviously we've only got the academy can only use the pitch at certain times yep. there's only one of them so we're at 124 learners at the wow. minute uh, we're having three training sessions a day you know that's five teams yeah, yeah. so yeah we're definitely size um, other than that it's probably been the, the sort of normal keeping pace with the first team mm-hmm. um, you know that's like all of us I'm yeah. sure it goes for the media team I'm sure it goes for you know off the field with Chris you know yeah, yeah. It, it, the fans getting yeah. used to travelling yeah. further distances <laughs> you know yeah. I think it, keeping pace has been has been probably the hardest one yeah. and there's probably a unique situation you know like yeah. we yeah. when we think we've got somewhere so like I remember the promotion from um, Ishmael Prem to National League South yeah I remember thinking like, yeah, we're in a good place. Yeah. Like we're in a yeah. good place. Yeah. Um, like I think like, we can keep pace with that, like the growth of the club and what that will do to the academy. Yeah. And then obviously within two years, obviously COVID as well, yeah. you know, yeah. we're, we're in the National League and then, you know, we're talking about, you know, we're producing full-time players. Yeah. We're no longer producing yeah. part-time semi-pro players. Like to be at this level now, yeah. they need to be as good as League Two players. Yeah. Like that, that's yeah. just a fact of the yeah. matter. Like you yeah. see it on on the FA Cup yeah. this weekend yeah. like you know Slough drawing with you know yeah. um, Grimsby and then yeah. you've got just to feel beat in Portsmouth yeah like the, the gap. they can hold their own can't they that's what I mean there's, yeah. no, there's no if you just put that on you wouldn't have any idea that it was leaks, differences between and the infrastructure and everything as well. Hundred percent, because that's Chesterfield is an amazing ground, isn't it? Yeah. You know, for this yeah. division and their team as well, the players that they've got would hold their own in those divisions. Yeah, we well, look at like the Pompey team that played. Yeah. I checked it against their previous fixture. Same team. Yeah, yeah. same and team. They had lost in. Quite, yeah, I think they're top of League One. Top of League One. Like, yeah, so, so like the yeah. gap, non-league in general. Yeah. So like the the even you look at Ramsgate, Cray Valley, yeah. like, the the gap is a lot smaller now. Yeah. And equally, that is filtered down to the academies. Yeah. You know, yeah. the gap is a lot smaller. Like you're seeing a lot more national league clubs, academies, yeah. under eighteen, yeah. Ishmian sides, yeah. get into these second round, third rounds of the FA Youth Cup. Yeah. Seeing a lot more of it. I remember yeah. Sutton doing it a couple of years ago, getting to play Man City. Yeah. You know, so the gap's getting so obviously it's been hard to try and keep pace with that. And obviously, Dorking is, as you'll know, better than better than me, is 
there's only so many players yeah. only so many players and then you, you're sort of venturing out a little bit yeah. further afield and yeah. you, you're bringing in sort of higher quality um, so yeah it's been that has been definitely the biggest challenge keeping okay. pace yeah. 100% yeah. which is great yeah. I've loved it being well, in that situation doing that than sort of stagnated yeah. isn't it yeah either stagnating or, yeah. as we know as Mark says this football club doesn't stand still does it so. no or a lot of clubs you know you, you're having to make redundancies get rid of people yeah. close the academy you know yeah, there's yeah. been loads of them that happens cruelly. yeah it's loads of them like you know Barney yeah. I remember we played them FA Youth Cup yeah. a year later they had no right. academy right. Just, went, went, yeah. just went so you know I'd much rather be making it bigger making it better than yeah. Then down the other way. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we had another question actually. Uh, well, um, so uh, Rob also said he was interested in your views on coaching badges. Views on coaching badges. Yeah, yeah. Um, and cons. Yeah, obviously sparked by some of Mark's comments. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, good question. Yeah. So obviously, I think they have their they have their dislike. They have their place. Um, yeah. I've done all my badges um, you know I've done them all from level one up to UA for B um, I'm applying for my A licence um, so yeah the um, to answer your question I think depending on your journey yeah, I think they have the place that they fit with you so okay. you know like nothing will ever outweigh experience yeah. I totally get where Mark's coming from yeah, yeah. and I totally agree that you know I'm sure you might have to check this but I'm sure like Sir Alex Ferguson got given badges because right. of because of what he achieved right. yeah. I think I think that's there's an element of that that I think is true so I think that like, experience weighs more than any qualification yeah. I think someone wanting to upskill themselves to benefit their experience yeah. I think that's where they sit yeah. so like for me and any other coaches out there upskilling yourself so you can offer a better environment um is, is definitely not a bad thing to be doing and should be encouraged. Yeah. Um, but to say that it means that you're good at something or bad at something is is definitely not the right way to look at it. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a, there's an argument to say that the badges and coaching badges and qualifications serve their purpose to both safeguard young players, yeah. which is a massive one, yeah, yeah. help with them sort of growing their experience and giving them tools that allow them to experience different things. So yeah. like... You know, just to speak about the badges themselves, in my time here, I've also been an FA tutor. So I um, I was a tutor for a year. Okay. So I was actually the person delivering right, okay. the courses. Yeah. Um, so I had the, the privilege of doing that. And what they do is they open people's eyes mm-hmm. to situations that they may not have experienced. Yeah. So unlike where Mark has had a fantastic journey and have had all these experiences along the way, yeah. you know, he will have all that knowledge anyway. And a badge doesn't say that you're yeah. good at that now. All of a sudden, you you need to do this to be classed as good. Yeah. But what the courses that I ran and, and what the FA have run, what they do is they give you tools that you can go and apply yeah. and then make your own judgments on whether okay. they work for your players or not. Right. So where they sit in terms, of a, a, or in terms of importance, I think they're massive on a journey. Yeah doesn't mean that they mean that you're good or bad because I know some UEFA coaches who are excellent and others that I wouldn't let my players work with like that's just the way it is and then I know some level one coaches that 100% could manage at my level you know or above that so it's more so where you are on your journey I think you should do them to enhance the tools that you have to allow you to have a better experience because like I did the um when I did my B licence like six years ago, it was um, 
it's all about like the 11 v 11 game and obviously at that stage I was doing this and I was obviously trying to sort of learn on the job a little bit about how I was running this and it gave me loads of food for thought Mm -hmm. some I apply still to this day some that I don't think is relevant and that is where where they are that is where they are and they just give you a framework that you can decide how you want to work with it so yeah to answer your question and probably more directly to answer Mark's comments Mm -hmm. from my side of things but I'm sure that's where that's come from is they definitely have a place and Mark agrees with that people wanting to upskill themselves But to, to his situation is he has done more than enough and have more experience to, for someone to suggest that you require that to be at this level is probably the wrong stance, I would agree with. But they have their place in terms of like, if someone hasn't got that experience, yeah. they definitely should do that. Yeah, okay, excellent. Yeah. Um, and uh, lastly, from Ian Murray, who um, is a regular uh, listener to the podcast, always comments and sends stuff in. What would be personal progress for for you, uh, Jordan, as director of football? Is it how would the how would the club sort of judge the role that you play? As you said about your dream would obviously be somebody that goes through mini wanderers and there and then goes mm-hmm. through the academy and goes into the first team. How would a how would a club judge your sort of impact and and sort of legacy at a club yeah so great questions so like day to day year to year the the sort of um, KPIs as such the key yeah. performance indicators are obviously education is at the forefront of everything yeah. we do so we've got a fantastic education record so you know 86% of our learners and we've educated over 250 of them uh, over the last sort of eight years that have gone on that have left us um have achieved above their Alps target. Okay. So that's like their target grade or above, yeah. um, which is a fantastic stat, which sits in the, the sort of top bracket of virtual learning UK. Um, the legacy is obviously how we've, you know, produced players. So, you know, over the years, we've had some some great players, like Sam who's still with us now, Ollie Allen, Cam yeah. Black. Yeah. Obviously, Jack Saunders most recently, Matt Hay, James Dixon was one of them, George Membrellera, all players that have come for us. And obviously, most recent and probably the biggest success was obviously Don Plank coming through the elite section, playing for me at the B team. He played 15 times uh, and we were able to, you know, Sort of push him onto walls. Played in the Surrey Cup, yeah. yeah. So that's again like sat the you know these down, yeah sat the keeper down <laughs> against Lingfield. Yeah, so like some of these uh, some of these players tomorrow, like yeah. you know when they're playing against myself at Red Hill or, or whoever they're playing against in it. Yeah, what an opportunity! Like you never know who's watching. Yeah. You know, you never yeah. know yeah. where that can take you. So yeah. I think it's about the opportunities that we provide, really, James. Like we yeah. we have over you know we've got we've opened so many doors. Mm-hmm. Um, the the stats you know tell us that we're doing a good job um, in in terms of the education and I think it's like like anything it's like Mark as you as you as you know like he he's getting better with the the, the product that we're producing okay. like and and that for me you've got to take everything as what as, as what it is yeah. you know the club's progress hasn't been cohesive yeah. to us playing young players or giving players experience that that's yeah. that's where it sits yeah. right yeah. we've one promotion every two years you know what I mean like it's, yeah. how hard is that to, to give someone an opportunity yeah. when you don't really know the level yourself yeah. so for me it's definitely like producing more mm-hmm. um, definitely producing more but more so like with Mark at the, at the helm and the, you know and for the foreseeable is as the manager as the chairman is mm-hmm 
getting his you know, it's not his trust because he trusts what we do but proving to him that we've got these players that are coming through that can that can apply it and, that, and that's down to us to do like yeah. you know we need to get better results on the pitch which we're doing this year mm-hmm. um, we need to you know with them going sort of full time part time yeah. yeah. that's allowing him to have more and Ross allow more contact time with mm-hmm. those players so I think it, it will be the next couple of years as we sort of migrate over to full time I think we'll start seeing some players yeah. coming through but yeah to judge my, my my legacy I think my legacy would be you know the growth that I've had in the academy the results I've achieved yeah. um, educationally and just the amount of impact that I've had on so many different people and uh, you know I'd like to think it's all positive but yeah. we've definitely made a few hiccups on the way but that's all been part of the journey so it's about I think overall it's been a massive positive impact and uh, I think yeah, I'd, I'd say just to own it, I'm proud of what I've achieved and what yeah. the, acad- the club and the academy have achieved. And uh, there's only new heights to be achieved. Yeah, definitely. So that's yeah. where I see it, yeah. Excellent. Uh, any other questions, Tobes? No, that's it from me. On that, say thanks. Thanks for coming in, George. No worries. Thanks really a lot, mate. It, mate. Thanks a lot, mate. Yeah, Top man. Thanks for having me. Amazing good hands. Uh, that's it for now. And um, hopefully you won't have to wait too long for another episode. Um, See everybody again soon.